My name is Robert Chaparro, and I'd like to welcome you to our inaugural uh, session of the program Challenges to Victories, Stories from the Heart. This program is all about capturing the powerful stories of individuals who work really, really hard, have lots of compassion, grit, and drive to be able to accomplish their personal goals. The stories are true to life, they're amazing, they're spectacular, and so we are interviewing people to show people how wonderful things can happen when somebody pushes forward, challenges himself, and goes forward in their dreams. Today we have what I like to say is a power couple. Uh, two individuals that I've known for a number of years now who I've grown to really honor, respect, and love for the kind of things that they've done in and out of the classroom. I know them as students. I'd like to introduce to you Monique Sepulveda and Jaime Hernandez. They are our power couple for today. So I'd like to have them share a little bit about themselves. We're going to talk about different kinds of things in our interview, but to get going, I'd like to have you, if you'd be so kind, you guys, tell me a little bit about yourselves. Thank Could you, you like Robert. to go first, Monique? Sure, thank you. Uh -huh. um, my name is Monique Sepulveda. I am currently a student worker at Oxnard College. I work in the health center. Um, I did graduate from Oxnard College um, with an AA in health science. I uh, went on to pursue um, my bachelor's in health science at CSUCI. I just uh, received that. And then um, I just got into the nursing program. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, and so that's starting this August. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited about my journey. It's, it's been a very, very big journey for us both. Mm -hmm. um, but yes. Yes, well, congratulations. Thank and you. I'm so happy that you're here. Jaime, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Jaime Hernandez, and I graduated from Oxford College as well. I majored in sociology, and after that, I ended up going to Ventura College to get my AS in criminal justice. Uh, from that point on, I knew that I wanted to continue with sociology, just the interactions of people and knowing the connections that we all share in a society or community. Um, from then on, I went to transfer to CSUCI, and I will be graduating next semester, which will be fall 2022, with my bachelor's in sociology. Wow, two celebrations really, really close together. That's, that's fantastic. Congrats, you guys, and I'm sure it's been a lot of work and dedication to you as a couple, but also to your education and your families. Um, just a little bit of background on you guys. How, how did you guys meet? So we met back in 2011. Um, I was working as a CNA, um, not really pursuing school that much. Um, I did definitely have a passion for nursing. I just didn't really have a passion for school at mm -hmm. the time. Um, so yeah, when I when we met, um, cared to jump was in at all. Was it love at first sight? <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely a connection. I, I would say so. It was just so weird because we went to the same middle school, which was Frank, and we knew similar people, but we weren't in the same circle. We never mm. crossed paths. I never knew him. He had a class with my best friend, but I never got to meet him until after high school. So we mm -hmm. shared mutual friends, but never any connections within each other. And then uh, high school comes, she goes to CI, I go to Pacific, I still don't know nothing about her. And uh, we kind of pick off on our own little lifestyles, I guess, um, going out and stuff and 
at that time I was going to Oxnard College, but I wasn't taking it too serious. I remember things were different and your mindset is different. It was more of a social reason why you went to school. And yeah, think about it too. When you're in high school, if you have your cell phone, the teacher takes it away, right? And then she tells you, you get it at the end of class or a parent conference. So when you go with that mindset onto college, you're like, whoa, like I can be on my phone all day and nobody's mm-hmm. going to tell me anything. Or I can leave class and there's no consequences. So was that connection over the phone or in social media, did that help bring you guys together, would you say? Mm, no, not really. So the way we met was because, uh, same thing, we shared mutual friends. And uh, I went out one day with, with my friends mm-hmm. and they invited uh, one of her cousins and one of her friends. Mm-hmm. And then she tagged along that yeah, day. Yeah, it happened to be my day off. It, it, it was oh. weird because she wasn't going out anymore. She uh-huh. was working. Mm-hmm. So then it just happened to be that she came along on one of her days off. And that's where I met her. Got it. So it sounds like some destiny's going on there, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what that's, I see. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, I remember the first day um we hung out at the beach um everybody else was kind of like doing their own thing and i we just wanted to sit and talk and that's all we did um and then just from that day forward we did not go a single day without seeing each other (laughs) so it sounds like your relationship was based in the very beginning on being friends right and talking and sharing is that somewhat but it, it moved pretty fast yeah so like i I never had a girlfriend before. Like I, I just found it very difficult to want to be in a relationship like that. I, I just had a friends, but then it got to a point where, like you, you saw that lack of connection. Like you just want to be with with mm-hmm. one person and and like develop like deeper connections instead of like mm-hmm. seeing somebody one weekend and then you're like, all right, next one or like. Uh, Mm-hmm. Not really committed, right? You're just having fun, but I feel like I, I eventually like, was needing that. Instead of, it almost feels like, not having like a, like, how should I say like. A solidified root. It was more like sporadic stuff, mm-hmm. and you need stability mm-hmm. at one point in your life. So it sounds like Monique gave you a lot to develop the relationship but also to help you to feel more whole and fill voids and and mm. help to solidify who you were at the same time yeah we definitely did have a connection one day um that we decided to go to the cross and we just had a moment where we really told each other i'm kind of like done with this type of lifestyle i really want to like settle down and be serious and Um, At the time, a lot of my friends were not in the same page as me. And Mm -hmm. same thing with him. I feel like a lot of people you surrounded yourself with were not really trying to slow down in any kind of way. Mm -hmm. And so that day, I remember, it was only like a week that I knew you, but (laughs) we decided to make a pact with each other and just really like... um, Kind of take things serious. Like we weren't going to go out and drink anymore. Um... We were really going to take the time to really focus on our futures because uh, like when you hear that saying, I've been 21 since I was 18, right? So that was kind of me. I got an early glimpse of that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So by the time I was 21, 
it wasn't as exciting to somebody who just turned 21 and I wasn't able to buy the alcohol because they're trying to live it up. They, they barely got that opportunity, mm -hmm. right? And I've been doing this for long enough to not really get bored but feel like, like it's time to really focus on myself. Sure. Have well, a path. I, I like the idea of solidify. Uh, basically getting to the point where like, okay, I want to get serious in life and I want you to be that part of my life to help me so we can help each other yes. get to our goals yes, and dreams. Yes, definitely. So speaking of that, talk a little bit about your, your planned professions. How, how did that come to be? Um, you both had very different types of professions, but I noticed that they're also in the helping professions. Both of you want to help people. How, how did you get to your decision, Monique, and wanting to be a nurse? Um, I've always had a very big passion for nursing ever since I was young. Um, my mom works in the healthcare field, and ever since I was young, I remember um, visiting her at work and getting to see the doctors working with their patients and how much influence they have on a person's overall health. And um, I'm a big problem solver. I feel like that skill would be perfect um, in a helping profession, as mm -hmm. you say. Mm -hmm. um, and and yeah. <laughs> so it's helping people. Yes. In the healthcare field. Wow. So your experience is seeing that as you grow or you were yes, growing up. Yes. Yes. Um, and then the more wow. the more science classes that I took, the more fascinated I became mm. with the body and just how it heals itself sure. and how a nurse can facilitate mm -hmm. that healing process. I think that is just my biggest drive mm -hmm. um, that I, I see myself um, I love your helping. choice of word, facilitate, because that's you're helping another process. How about you, Jaime? How did, how did you get to the point where you wanted to, to focus on your field? Uh, I feel like my childhood upbringings kind of solidified my role in life in a way. So my parents were very hardworking. They would go in five, six in the morning, come out five or six in the afternoon. So at an early age, I had the responsibility of taking care of my younger siblings. I had a brother and a sister and um, they were younger than me. I was about five years older than my brother. So my role was pretty much set. Um, while my parents were at work, I would take them to school, pick them up, made sure that there was a meal to give them. I didn't cook the meal. My mom left us the food, but I would make sure that they got served, they ate. And then the biggest thing was making sure they got their homework done. And then while all this was going on, I had responsibilities of my own. I had to be a brother and a student at the same time, mm -hmm. all while being a caregiver slash babysitter. So I feel like Growing up that way, it, it kind of gave me a passion in a way. I found it fulfilling to be not really a caregiver, but like somebody who, who they can count on to take care of them. Mm -hmm. So the responsible, consistent, caring individual. Sounds like both of you had that because you had the role models of people that worked very, very hard, but taught you the importance of making sure that other people's needs were taken care of. And I think that's the basis of your, your choices in terms of your professions. So we all know that people are going to have their challenges. Thus, this program, we talked about challenges to victories, and I know that you guys have had them. We all have our struggles. But when it comes to yours, and you could talk about any time when you're going to school, when you're younger, you know, in college or what have you, what have been some of your academic struggles? Did you feel just kind of stand out that... Part of it is that if you can tell somebody about them to let them know that they're not alone, what would yours 
big, excuse me, what would be yours, Monique? Um, thank you for that question. That's sure. really good. Um, so I feel like throughout high school, I don't feel like I was the best student. Mm -hmm. I kind of just slid by and didn't really take school seriously, didn't mm -hmm. really um, understand the full concept of you have an assignment, you must turn it in. <laughs> Every point counts towards your grade. Um, and that attitude, I took it to college right after high school. Um, and I saw myself failing, so it discouraged me a lot. And I ended up dropping out, feeling like school is not for me. Um, I'm also first generation, so I did not really have the that support at home, somebody guiding me. Of course, my mom always told me, you know, go to college, you need to go to college. But at the same time, she didn't, and she didn't really have that guidance for me. So I just found it really difficult. Also, um, I'm a very shy person, and I, I knew that there was resources, but I kind of felt like that, that doesn't pertain to me, or, or I wouldn't qualify, or maybe I was just too shy to go through those doors. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until um, I met Jaime, and we did decide, you know, we put our heads together, and we... Um, <laughs> We, we made our pact together and, and after, after that kind of sobering up, I guess, and just um, living our lives like very straightforward, um, we kind of tapped into what we wanted to do. And my passion was always nursing. So mm -hmm. we decided to give school a chance again. And um, this next time, I did not let anything hold me back. I right away found resources and walked through those doors and literally asked, what is it that you can do for me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I found many, many resources from EOPS mm -hmm. to um, ASG. There's just so many different resources. Um, sure. Tell me a little bit about your journey in terms of your process of getting into a nursing program because you just got accepted to go to yes. the nursing program at Cal State Channel Islands. Oh, yes. What was that journey like for you? Oh, um, I can tell you that there has been many, many times that I did not feel um, like it was going to happen for me. As passionate and as driven as I was, um, I applied to the nursing program time and time again and was denied um, so much that it kind of forced me to start looking into a different direction, different mm -hmm. avenue. Okay, um, as much as uh, I I wasn't getting into the nursing program, I kind of refused to uh, let go of nursing. It, it just, something did not settle with me. Um, the thought of having to go a different avenue, getting my bachelor's in a different, something other than nursing, and then pursuing a master's something in something else like, um, healthcare administration, which sure. was my second option. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't get into the program about five times. That's five years. So, um, so the it was first a total time. Of five times that you applied and didn't get accepted. No, um, the first time was very, very difficult. It was very discouraging, mainly because I finished all my prerequisites. I had great grades. I was very proud of um, how competitive I was, but there was mm -hmm. about. <laughs> You know, the, the nursing program gets 500 applicants and there's only 40 seats. Mm -hmm. So there was obviously just way more um, competitive applications out there. So how did you feel, if you don't mind sharing, at, at the very lowest in terms of you applied but didn't get admitted and you applied, didn't get admitted. How did you feel at that most difficult time? What was that like? 
very, very discouraged, extremely discouraged, um, mainly because I had a plan for myself. I did the mistake of, you know, creating my own timeline. And people say you should not create your own timeline because God is in charge of that. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of saw my whole future crumble down with that, um, with with the denial from the nursing program. And it was extremely difficult for me to see a future and to pick myself up. Um, I definitely had my moments where um, I was ready to give up, but to give up and to go back to before, it, it mm -hmm. was not something that I was willing to do. So, okay, mm -hmm. I let myself cry and then I forced myself to get up. And if you want this, then another door will open. Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely did get a lot of support from Jaime. But I remember you saying once before that there was a song that you would listen oh, to yes. when you were at your <laughs> most troubled times of not getting into this. But what song was yeah. that again that you would listen to? This was about <laughs> my, my third time that I applied. I was so confident that I was going to get in. Um, the nursing program had told me we admitted uh, most of our alternate seats. Um, yeah, when, when you don't get an official seat, you get an alternate seat, uh, meaning if somebody that has a seat chooses not to accept that seat, um, it's kind of like a wait list. You would eventually get bumped up. Mm -hmm. um, first day of school came and everybody had a seat. Um, my, I had an alternate number, but I didn't get a seat. So it was just devastating um, to imagine the people starting where I saw myself so badly. Mm -hmm. um, I so came home. I came home and I played um, I Fall Apart by, <laughs> by Post Malone. And I just, you turn on that song and it's I Fall Apart. And it was just everything that I felt in that moment. And that song was just on repeat, on repeat. Nobody can get me out of my little depression that I put myself in because I wanted this so bad, but I just could not see it. <laughs> so what were what were what were some of the things that you feel helped you tra to transition out? You mentioned Jaime, his support and his guidance and his care. What were some of the things that helped you to get from that to thinking, I can't give up. I've got to keep on pushing forward. I'm not going anywhere. What what what, what happened there? Um, <laughs> Jaime believed in me. Do you remember any words that he said that made you feel and think and know that he believed in you? Um, that he was inspired by me, even though I couldn't see it. The more he talked to me and the more he pointed out what I have already accomplished as a, excuse me, um, as a first generation, as somebody that we both knew that we did not have, um, that support and that guidance. Mm -hmm. We were each other's. <laughs> That's yeah, powerful. So. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I think it's just amazing what you received from him. And of course, what he just told you that you were somebody he admired for all the work you've done so far. Yeah. Also, um, at this point, we had two kids. We had a family. Um, even though we had all these dreams and aspirations to continue and grow our family. And I kind of was seeing that crumble. Um, 
he helped me really hold on to that dream mm -hmm. and that pact that we were initially made with each other. Mm -hmm. well, what would you say is one thing that he may have told you, offered you, that made the difference, that made you think, I'm going to keep on going? What, what did he say? What, what, what did he offer? Um, I mean, just to constantly be by my side. Okay. Um, I think that was, that was just something really important to hear, even though I didn't make it. We're still in this together, no matter what. Wow, that's powerful. Great work, Jaime. <laughs> Wonderful work. How, how did you feel seeing her go through that experience? Um, it was kind of hard because every time she would apply, I would kind of already brace myself. Like, if she doesn't make it, like, what am I going to tell her again? Because, like she told you, it took five times. And each time made it harder and harder. And it almost gave you, like, false hope. Because in the beginning, it was easier. You get a no. So you're like, okay, it's no. But then if, if they tell you maybe, they're not telling you yes or no, right? So your your hopes are high because you're like, well, it's not a no. I made it to the alternate list, so it's a maybe. But then when they tell you no after that point, it just feels like you fall apart because you're like, man, I really thought it was going to be this. I was going to get this, this opportunity this time. Mm -hmm. And the next opportunity came and she was on the alternate list again. This was and the fourth time that I applied. And after that, I was like, wow, like, I really hope she gets it because she's not quitting. She's still continuing after so many no's and so many maybes. And the fourth time happened, and it was a maybe. And the list was moving along pretty fast. I forgot the exact number that she was in, but she I was... maybe started at, like, number seven. She was one away, and I was like, wow, like, I, she's going to make it. I started at, at uh, number seven on the alternate list, and we were maybe, like, a month away from school starting. And I made it to number one. I reached out to the nursing program, and I said, can you please let me know? And they said, you're number one on the wait list, so pretty much just need one other person to either choose a different school or just choose not to continue forward. And as bad as it sounds, like you really wish for somebody to be like, well, I don't really want to do this no more, to mm -hmm. drop out or whatever the reason is, right? right? You're like, I just hope like somebody leaves. As bad as it sounds, because you want it that bad. Sure. I, but I was definitely not... hoping for somebody to get, you know, their dream school yeah, somewhere right, else. Right. You're not praying on somebody's demise, but you're like, man, like I'm sure. only one away, like I hope. Mm -hmm. somebody can't make it for xyz reason and sure enough the moment came and the opportunity didn't come mm -hmm. so i felt uh really bad and i felt like i had to be there for her for her and tell her that i believe in her because that's all somebody needs to hear sometimes mm -hmm. to know that that somebody believes in you sure i feel like as people we don't really hear that so much mm -hmm. especially in the times that we live now we're all in our own little bubble. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not like back then. Like you can see somebody struggle, and it's so easy to shrug it away and be like, I, "Like I'm focused on my unit." Mm -hmm. And uh, that—that's what I did. I just told her that I believe in her, and she would constantly feel like she failed. But I would point out her positive attributes and skills and and accomplishments, graduating from from. Um, college and now having one, one foot into the university 
was a big accomplishment because like she said we're, we're both first generation mm -hmm. nobody painted the path for us to follow we painted our own path sure. whether it was a right one or not we had to run into a couple walls but we made our own path you also you made a path but you had already made your path mm -hmm. and i think that was part of the plan because you've talked about the idea that you made a plan early on that you were going to see through those plans and you were going to support each other through those plans yes that's powerful and i think it speaks to when somebody tells somebody i believe in you because you said that a few times jaime about the idea of when somebody believes in you it gives you another sense of ability and strength to push forward uh jaime how about yours what would have your challenges been like my challenges have been a little bit of everything um just my childhood alone of, of being like a a caregiver for my siblings. Mm -hmm. I always knew that I had to be the the role model, right? Set an example for them to follow. But at the same time, I feel like I didn't really get to enjoy being so much of a kid because I had to be kind of like a parent to them. So when I did get that opportunity of, of being independent, they got older, they were able to take themselves to school and all that. And then my parents eventually didn't work as much so i didn't have to take on that responsibility so when i got that taste of freedom i kind of ran wild and i couldn't picture myself being in more school like i wanted to enjoy i wanted to have fun and uh yeah i took that to a whole nother level and eventually graduated from high school i did good in high school but then when i got to college like i said um it's a whole different dynamic it's based off of your own will to want to make it. No matter what anybody tells you, like go to school and get a good job. And it's easier to say it than to do it. Mm -hmm. If you don't have anybody to look up to, but you're, you're hearing like all these motivational words, it can only go so far. Mm -hmm. The lack of role models or even a mentor or somebody to, to really like look at. Sure. is not there and what you're looking at is what's in your surroundings mm -hmm. sure and sometimes it's not the best it's not the best type of surroundings until you met monique i met monique um my lifestyle was going in another path and i eventually got tired of of living that way and i knew that i wanted to do something more with my life mm -hmm. that's powerful because you gain a lot did gain a lot and will gain a lot from the experience you have with each other as a couple. Mm -hmm. And I think it probably, what I'm hearing you say, that it also helped you to seek out to seek help from other programs at the college level, at Oxnard College, EOPS and ASG, all those programs, they can help you. So you got, what, energy, hope from that helped you to follow what your path, your plan, correct? I feel like the, the, the want of being something greater is mm -hmm. what, mm -hmm. what made us push forward because while we had this plan our surroundings weren't really depicting that plan to move forward sure. um, I was working two jobs at one point and uh, even though I knew I had to go to school bills had to get paid um, the rent had to be done every and I, I became a dad at that age too at 21 so I had to contribute to my family to make sure I was raising my son 
So working two jobs did not allow the thought of even going back to school. So when you had your, your son at 21, was that an impetus for you to continue with your thinking because you had already had that sense of being a good caregiver before that, but that did that strengthen that, having your son at 21? Like, I really, really have to make sure that I'm on point at this point. I feel like that was my main motivator, to be honest, mm -hmm. because I look at my childhood and I was always told the importance of school and why we should go to school. But then when I look at my parents, uh, they grew up in a, in a different generation where mm -hmm. working hard meant success, right? The harder you work, the more you will get. But we often interpret that in the wrong way. No, it's more of working smarter, not harder, mm -hmm. but their values are strengthened through their work, sure. their work ethic. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if I did the same thing, how am I going to tell my son school's important, go to school, you have to go to school, but then get a finger pointed back and say, well, you didn't go to school mm -hmm. and you're, we're fine. Sure. But it's, it's much deeper than that. Mm -hmm. So you both live the philosophy, not the philosophy that's out there is do as I say, not as I do. That's what a lot of parents will say. So they could live their lives, but they expect their child to be something different. You live the opposite of that phrase. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it and I'm going to set the example because I want you to have a good life and I'm going to show you how it's done. That's, that's powerful. Your philosophies are just wonderful. And so when it came to you receiving your hope, clearly you got your hope from your background in each other. I'm sure that was a very difficult time of what you've had. So if you were to be able to tell somebody advice to help them with their journeys, because your lives are full of challenges to victories, what would you tell somebody, for example, who is, because you said that you dropped out of high school, correct? Um, I dropped out, of, I left college. You left college. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you left college. What would you tell somebody who's thinking, I want to leave college? What would you tell somebody who is thinking about applying to a nursing program and did apply and didn't get accepted? Uh, what would you say to someone who just had a little one, Jaime, uh, about the importance of raising their, their son or daughter? What would you, what, what advice would you give? What would yeah. be a powerful piece? Um, the encouragement I would give is just um, don't cut yourself so short. Um, reach out to, there's resources everywhere. Um, somebody that is thinking of you know quitting college maybe they got a few bad grades don't discourage yourself there's always a way to come back um, um, yeah definitely reach out to all of the resources that you that you can and mm -hmm. and just don't give up um, that's pretty much not on, not only that but you gotta go in with the mindset of it's hard work if it was easy everybody would have it Right. If being a nurse or being a doctor or being a police officer or whatever career it is that you want to get into, if it was easy, then everyone would be in that position. But there's a reason why it's challenging and it's so hard because this process is meant to eliminate the people that that don't really have that drive or that motivation to really assume that role. Mm -hmm. So things are not going to come easy. So everything that's great is worth working for mm -hmm. what would you give advice to people who are a couple and are looking at their education looking at raising kids what are your son's name julian and Jaden. great i'm sure yeah. they're handsome young men um, <laughs> they are so uh 
what would you give, what advice as a couple would you give to another couple? So um, I can reflect on the pact that we made initially when we first met because I feel like we always referred back to that. Um, And it almost like anchored us to always, you know, keep that in our mind, uh, what our overall goal is to strengthen ourselves and strengthen our family along the way. Um, So my advice for any couple would be uh, to anchor yourself to your overall goal and to constantly refer back to that goal and remind each other. You know, when, when times get tough, you know, we go through seasons in our lives where sometimes, you know, things happen one after another and it can get really difficult and um, it kind of chips away at how uh, the, the bigger picture, what, you're, what you are trying to achieve. Um, and so just ke- keeping yourself anchored to that overall goal mm-hmm. and being there for your partner. Um, and you had mentioned once before in one of our conversations about communication. Yes. How high does that rate for you on what you need to do as a extremely, couple? Extremely, extremely. Communication, communication is, mm-hmm. is just an extremely important um, factor in any relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to constantly... Um, let your partner know what's going on in, in your head mm-hmm. um, and how you're feeling. Um, yeah, because it's not fair when, you know, you're going through things and you don't share it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the smallest of things can uh, kind of upset you. And then and then your, your partner's kind of caught off guard. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. And you can avoid so much with some communication. Just by talking to yes. each other. Yes. Right. And checking in with each other sure. and understanding your partner, where they're coming from. And always anchoring yourself to that uh, overall goal that you guys have with each other. Because if what you're receiving from your partner, what you're hearing from them is not towards that, you can kind of guide them back towards the overall goal. Mm -hmm. And what I can see in both of you and getting to know you, um, and those goals are to be safe as a family, to have healthy kids, to have healthy within our bodies and and to keep ourselves strong and then academically with our goals. And so it's a very, very balanced uh, experience that you guys have, which I see. And it's powerful to see that. How about Henry? What do you think? What, what advice would you give to a couple? I would say establish your plan. Understand what is what both of you want. Having that connection to really create an end goal is going to be the key to succeeding because life isn't easy life isn't straight a straight path you're going to go through so many struggles just you're going to face a lot of adversity so if you lose sight of the goal all these obstacles that are coming to you they're going to eventually push you out but if you're solid and you keep your eye on that prize no matter what comes your way and you don't lose sight of it, mm-hmm. you're going to make it. So always establish a strong connection, develop a plan for yourself, and really grow um, strong with your couple by knowing their needs and for them to know your wants. Okay. Because if you're both going to school and you have children like we did, uh, things were, were difficult in the beginning, but... I feel like all the struggles that we went through, it made it easier for us to be able to sit down and say, 
on this day you have class, on this day I don't. So you can use that time to get your assignments done. And I really need this assignment to get done for myself. Mm -hmm. So maybe on this day when you don't have anything to do, I would love to take that time to finish my stuff. Mm -hmm. So we would bounce back uh, with each other on those ideas. And uh, maybe I needed uh, some peace and quiet for a test or whatever the reason was. So she would take the kids to the park or take them to the beach mm -hmm. or take them anywhere for me to get that space that I needed to, mm -hmm. to complete my assignment. So that was something that we did very well. We communicated communicated yes and then that teamwork was yeah on sure. another level and right. prioritized and stuff so definitely. it takes you back to the pact and it takes you back to the plan yes right? <laughs> um i have one final question for you and it resonates in all of this conversation even though we didn't really say it too much um the idea of love the love that you guys share for each other as a couple the respect that you guys have for each other as a couple and as human beings Tell me what be yours individually as a couple, the definition of the word love. Tell us about that. Do you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I believe every couple interprets uh, love in their own way. Uh, for me, I believe love is developing an understanding and creating self-respect and more of a connection based off of your needs so I feel like a lot of times there's a there's a disagreement between between you and your significant other and when you have those disagreements I'm not saying it's good to disagree a lot or argue a lot but I feel like when you do go through those arguments you build your relationship stronger because you know and understand what it takes to get over that problem and move forward as to a thinking a relationship is a perfect picture just because you see it from an outside perspective you try to emulate that within your own relationship so when you don't think your relationship is perfect to what you see on the outside and you face a problem oftentimes you break away because you don't know how to work around those problems so for my main uh, definition for love is an understanding and uh, the the um, establishment of respect within each other. Okay. Okay. How about you, Moni? What, um, what is love? Oh, it's it's such a big, big word. Um, definitely trust would be at the top. Um, trusting uh, my partner in being able to open up completely and trusting him not to, you know, take advantage or anything. Um, in any way, um, <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> You're doing fine. Um, good. And communication, as we sure. did touch on it, um, mm -hmm. that is so mm -hmm. important. Um, forgiveness is also a very big one. Yes, the more you understand each other, um, it's okay to you know get things wrong sometimes. It's okay that you know there there was a frustrating time that eventually led into a disagreement or an argument. Um, at the end of the day, just believing in each other and forgiving each other. Um, and then, yeah, just back on trust. Um, you're trusting me and I'm um, laying out like a comfortable uh, 
nothing uh, environment, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, in order for you to feel comfortable enough to open up mm -hmm. and we just need to trust each other. So it's clear to me that you both see that love has a lot of elements, but it's very much a sentiment. It's, it's a very much an energy. It's a sense of respect and, and trust that you both have for each other. Mm. Definitely. And I really do see that for you to, both of you to, to have had been able to have the success that you've had so far, so far, it has been based on all of those things, which I'm hearing you both say is what love is. It's a lot of elements. So I wanted to thank you for being with, with us today, uh, enjoying a cup of cafecito. Uh, I think that we've talked about some powerful things, and I do believe that you guys are going to impact people by sharing of your stories. Again, this is victories, challenges to victories. And as we were talking about, this is all stories from the heart. I'd like to thank our guests, Monique and Jaime, for being with us tonight uh, to share these wonderful stories and for these stories to resonate with people in terms of it's like if, if they did it, we can do it. If she did it, I can do it. And as a couple, if they were able to do these things to impact other people, to have a ripple effect and impact other people's lives, you can do it too. Thanks, everyone. I'm glad you sat in. This is Challenges to Victories, Stories from the Heart. Thank you. <laughs>